got some really cool design news. Um, the largest rooftop farm in the world is opening in Paris next year. Interesting. Yeah, so this is a, a pretty interesting uh, building management and architecture and design story here. Um, uh, the previous record was held uh, in the States, about like 56, 60,000 sure. square feet. This blows that out of the water. We're talking 150,000 square feet wow. of rooftop farming and gardening. It's going to grow more than 2,000 pounds of fruits and vegetables every day, mm -hmm. day during high season. Um, and it's going to be vertical farming. So they're going to be using aeroponic farming, no soil. They're going to be using liquid nutrients grown in that kind of misty air environment. Um, it's kind of the future of urban farming. It's exciting to see. And it's a giant project, so it's not like a little chic niche thing. It is going to be, I think, a staple of why people go and visit Paris. I mean, they are going to have the largest rooftop garden in the world. So I wanted to get some thoughts on this. We've got someone in the studio I'm really excited to introduce. We've got Dave Shupman, Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Fortis Warranty, a roofing warranty company. Great to have you on, Dave. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, you guys. Absolutely. So what are your initial thoughts on this giant rooftop garden and farm? I, I think it's great. I, I think, you know, you know, vegetative roofing really got its start in Europe, um, you know, came over to the States. Uh, we really blew it up for a lot of other reasons with, you know, water retention issues, uh, reducing urban heat island effect. You know, uh, in, in Europe, they've, they've really gone to another level with it. And as the technology's improved, um, as they figure out how to, you know, deal with the weight loads on these buildings, uh, I, I think it's fantastic what they're able to do with the vegetative and really making it more than just something nice to look at, but making it an effective use of the, the land for, for the tenants around it. That's why I really like it is that repurposing of the land that was then lost by putting that building there, right? It's almost like just elevating the ground up a little bit and keeping some of that vegetation, keeping area for wildlife to interact, for people to enjoy greenery in their day-to-day -day life. I mean, from just an aesthetic perspective, I really like it. Um, but from just a, a functionality perspective, I'm always interested, how are you seeing buildings that install these green roofs manage both that eco-vision of the building, right? Uh, whether it's bringing sustainability, energy conservation, or access to um, fresh plants and produce, how are they balancing that eco-vision with the safety promise of obviously a functioning roof, right? Making it a functional, not leaky, not, I don't know, compromised in any way, roof. Yeah, no, I, it, it, that's been the balance for sure. You've got safety, making sure if you've got firemen up on the roof, how they can access the building. Uh, you've got performance of the of the system itself and, you know, the development of much better waterproofing materials uh, that are being installed on the substrates, you know, figuring out the drainage mats and the soil mediums that go into the vegetated roofs. I mean, all of that technology has really come up to make, you know, uh, a, a more efficient use of that space. Uh, you know, sustainability is, is great. Uh, um, the, the products that we're using today, uh, much more than ever, are lasting longer. And yeah. so you're able to put these, you know, giant, uh, you know, farms on top of these systems without them breaking down every 10, 15 years. And the fact that they're going soilless uh, and it's aeroponic farming, is that for a particular reason? Does soil introduce 
any kind of warranty issues with these roofs and extra problems that are difficult to man- maintain and manage? Well, it, it does. I mean, there's and like anything else, there's weeds that get into it, but it also gets very heavy when it's when when it gets wet. Mm. And so then you have to manage these incredible building loads. And sometimes, you know, it's expensive enough to put the vegetated roof on there. And then all of a sudden you're putting all of the reinforcements into the building right. to hold something like that. It, it makes it cost prohibitive. Yeah, for sure. Do you see this becoming kind of a wider trend uh, here in the United States moving forward? Or is this maybe a, a little bit of a flash in the pan or, or something like that? Do you see this being a bigger deal as kind of urban migration continues to be a bigger and bigger deal? I think it's the next step in the evolution. Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. it, it really started in Europe and it started as vegetative roofs and they did them for things like um, you know, making uh, uh, air less polluted, sure. uh, you know, cooling off the environments. Uh, you know, helping with stormwater management where it's holding that water and releasing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's this is the next step. As we've gotten more excited about green roofs, uh, you know, we formed the United States Green Building Council all not that long ago. Uh, you know, we started putting green roof standards in, safety standards in for us. Now people are using it for parks. They're enjoying it. Uh, they're, they're seeing how the value of properties are raising because they have that. And now I think w- with all that evolution, I think the next step here is in these urban environments to, to, to put something like a, a vegetative farm in there. Yeah. Last thing here, uh, have you worked with any clients or have you seen any projects locally or here in the States that have really stood out to you as, oh, this is a successful way to implement a green roof in the United States? Uh, yeah, I uh, have a fair amount of experience installing uh, green roofs. Nice. You know, working with horticulturists, picking out the right types of plant life that goes in there. Very cool. You know, figuring out the right kind of design, um, you know, how much moisture you want to retain and drip into the system versus release. Um, so, so yeah, we've got a fair amount of, of uh, experience with that. One of the things that we're doing at, at, at Fortis is um, one of the big concerns has always been how do you warrant the materials underneath there? Everyone's afraid of the overburden that's on top of them. And so we've right. been coming out with new ways at Fortis of, um, you know, warranting those systems and, and giving the owner as well as the manufacturer some real assurance that it's going to perform. For sure. Well, yeah, because clearly with anything like this that still has a sense of newness to it, you want the structural integrity of that roof and the standards that have been put out there by companies like Fortis to persist and to not lose any of that structural integrity just for the aesthetic value. So I'm glad that the the mentality is there, obviously, and that people are trying to find that balance because the eco-vision of it is very important too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Business Casual this morning. Always great getting to chat. And we'll have to bring you back on to chat more about green roofs and uh, maybe break down a particular project. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, absolutely. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Fridays at 8 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com.